Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Anything that you really, really want in this life, you can have. It's a matter of how bad do you want it, how much emotional, you know, grit do you have? How much like investment do you have time, energy and money? And other than that, like, I just feel like we're unstoppable if we want to be, it's just a matter of our own limiting beliefs again and saying that I can't do it. You're limiting yourself. So stop giving your power away to whatever external factors that are going on and really take charge and own it and figure it out. Hi guys, welcome back to the treatment room with Tess and Lauren. So that clip was from a very special guest we had on today. Her name is Kelly Ann Callahan. If you don't follow her on Instagram already, you really, really should. We'll leave her handle in the show notes. But she is the owner of Slay Beauty Bar in San Diego, where she offers lash extensions spray tans, and teeth whitening. She saw the need in our industry for more spray tan education. So she ended up taking her business online where she could reach more people and she created spray tan class to properly educate those within the spray tan industry. She also created Wake Up to Level Up, which is all about the female empowerment and mentorship within the beauty industry, which is so needed. So we're so excited for this episode. We think Kellyanne brings so much value. And we actually talked about a lot of different topics you guys commonly ask us. So in this episode, we get into starting a beauty business, creating a product, how to offer the best customer service, how to turn hardship and struggle into a higher purpose in serving others, business marketing, and overcoming those limiting beliefs we put on ourselves so you guys can level up and be the bosses you've always wanted to be. We're so excited about this episode, so let's get into it. Enjoy. Thank you so much, Tess. Yeah, so I started my journey a long time ago, but um, I really started my journey after I was in corporate for so long. And I decided that corporate life was not for me. It was kind of soul sucking. And long story short, I ended up just quitting that job kind of out of nowhere and ended up traveling around the world for about a year and a half. And after I was done, I had like two grand in my bank account. And I was like, Kelly, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I know if I was going to go back to corporate or I had no idea. And I remember writing out some ideas for my entrepreneurial journey. So I basically started doing a mobile spray tanning business and investing my last two grand in doing that. And it is honestly the best thing I've ever done because now 
I'm able to, I have a salon here in San Diego. And now I'm able to help other women who are interested in getting into the spray tanning industry or um, just leveling up in their beauty business, helping through mindset and marketing work and holding events. So uh, that's basically my title. I am a spray tan educator and I'm also a beauty business mentor. That's so amazing. Yeah. And we all kind of have similar stories and backgrounds. I mean, at least I came from the corporate world and traveled after that kind of just, I felt overwhelmed by it. And coming back to the States, I had that same, like, what do I do moment? Like time to start making money. So it's so awesome. You channeled that into taking action and actually, you know, starting a business from the ground up. How did you, how did you like get the courage to actually start making moves? I think it was just the fact that I was in this place where change needed to happen. Otherwise, I was just going to have my old life back, which my old life was great. It wasn't bad, but I do remember it, you know, sitting in a cubicle for literally one week and just crying my eyes out. And I just did not want to go back there. And I've always known that, you know, ever since I was little, I always knew that I wanted to do something on my own, something that was fun and creative. And sitting in a cubicle, taking calls and doing sales just wasn't it for me. And while I was making six figures at about, you know, 25 years old, that was great, but it wasn't anything that was fulfilling in terms of what I was doing. So I think where the courage came from was just the fear of going backwards instead of forwards. And I just had to figure it out. You know, I just took the leap. And that's kind of how I am. My personality is very much that way, where I just try something, I just go for it, I take action, and I just allow the net to catch me as I'm trying to figure everything out. It's been a really great thing, but also a bad thing because now I have so many different things that I'm doing. I have that like anxiousness, I guess, and wanting to take action immediately when what I've learned this year is that I need to kind of calm down a little bit and like really look at the bigger picture. That's so interesting that you said that it it came from a a fear not wanting to go back to that cubicle desk job. I feel like their fear is such like it's such a thing, I think, right now, just because there are so many options and there's so many different career paths. I mean, back in the day, you know, our parents' generation, they would have one job for their entire lives and like that was it. But now with us, like we have so many different options and we all kind of move around and change and do different things. So how do you see fear kind of, you know, manifesting? I feel like it manifests in different ways throughout career. So how did you kind of take that fear and channel it into something positive as opposed to allowing it to really like, you know, qualm yourself? Yeah. So I kind of look at fear, I think a little bit differently. And it's funny because I was just talking to my boyfriend about this yesterday. I was like, I think I have something missing in my head where I just don't think about the fear so much. Like I don't sit there and allow monkey mind to go back and forth between should I do this? Should I not? Oh my gosh. What if I fail? What if I do this? It's like once you start thinking about all of the things that could go wrong, you just allow yourself to not live in your most authentic way. And for me, I've always felt this to the core of my being ever since I was younger is that you need to do, you need to live all out. Basically, you need to live all out and you really have to live a life that feels truly good for you because I know that I'm here only temporarily and I don't sit here and do what everybody else is doing or do things that don't feel 100% in alignment with what it is that I see my vision 
you know, what's in my vision and what's in alignment with my values and my beliefs. And I, I truly think that we are so scared to make the move because we can't see step 968. But just by making the one move, the first step towards whatever goal, whether it's scary or not, it should actually be a little bit scary and exciting. But taking that one step is going to change your life essentially, because you'll see that it's not as scary once you take the action. And I, I was stalking all of your, your highlights and I saw you posted something about like five steps a woman can take in, you know, taking action towards her business or her dreams. Mm. What are those steps? Yeah. So I kind of changed up the steps. I'm not sure when you saw them, but my last speaking engagement was in Michigan. And what I really like to do is whether I'm speaking on stage or whether I'm working with my girls one-on-one during our mentoring process is I really like to have them think about what is, first off, what is your big goal? What is your big, you know, scary goal that, you know, if you were able to do it and achieve it, you would be the happiest human ever. And so for a lot of the girls that I mentor, it's like opening up a salon, you know, and then I'll ask them, okay, so why haven't you taken the steps towards that? Like what is holding you back? What fears are holding you back? And so they'll say something like, I'm overwhelmed if I start doing this. All right, let's dig in a little bit deeper. What is the reality of that issue? Is that a real thing that's actually happening? Or is that a false belief in your head that you're thinking about and you're making up the story, right? because they're not taking that first step and they haven't had that experience yet of moving forward. They are just realizing as I'm saying this, that what the story is that they're making up in their head is complete BS. And it's a limiting belief that is actually stopping them from making that first move. So once they see that the fear that they're creating in their head is just a story and it's not reality, they're like, holy crap, like what I've been doing my entire life. And so then we go into rewriting their story and we talk about, you know, where's that limiting belief coming from? Is that from, you know, imposed beliefs of other people? Is that something that you read, something that you heard? Is this something that you're just the underlying fear is that you're not good enough or you're not smart enough to figure it out? Like, where is that coming from? And let's rewrite that story. So if we look at it from this perspective of, okay, I can figure out how to hire people if I need help. I can ask for help for from friends, from colleagues, from whoever, and figure it out because I am capable. I am smart enough. And so through that work, they're able to say, okay, this is going to be the next step. And I'm going to move forward with whatever it is that I need to do in order to obtain that goal. Okay, so I really want to rewind and hear like the full on story because yeah, because I think a lot of whether it's estheticians or cosmetologists getting out of school, like the first thing holding them back is just number one, getting that space. And, you know, with getting the space, there's a rent payment or money you would pay for renting a room. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you took that first step and got your like actual space for your business? Yeah. So I'm all about baby steps. I like to be, you know, a little bit scared when I'm moving towards that bigger goal, but I also to be very, very strategic and smart and intuitive. So 
if I have this bigger goal of owning a salon, which I finally did about, you know, a year and a half into owning my mobile spray tanning business before that, I knew before I could do that, I knew that I needed to take a baby step forward. And that baby step after I started the mobile spray tanning business was actually renting out a room out of a salon. So I did it that way first. And, you know, I felt good doing that because I was like, okay, now I don't have to run myself in the ground driving everywhere and trying to figure out, you know, where I'm going to go next and all these things. All of these people can come to me and I can build a business that way. Aside from that, I was also working for Uber and Lyft. And at the time there was sidecar. So I was doing a bunch of side hustles and trying to just make this thing work. And so I would say to the person out there who's listening right now, that's like, okay, he's got my license and I really want a salon, but what is my first step? The first step is figuring out what feels scary and exciting to you, but what is the investment that you're going to have to make money, energy, time-wise to move forward towards that bigger goal? And you know, and kind of figure it out that way. Don't do anything that you feel like is going to be too stressful because when you're in that state of mind of like desperation and trying to figure things out the way that feels so bad, like it's not going to be good for you or your clients. Yeah, that's I love great that point. you're such a hustler and <laughs> it's so inspiring because a lot of people wouldn't want to pick up, you know, a job at Lyft or Uber and they would just think like blanket statement, I I can't afford to get the room. Like, therefore my goal is put off years and years down the road, but you just, you knew what you wanted and you just, you didn't have any limits on it. And you just thought to yourself, like, these are the smaller steps I'll take to get to where I want to be. Absolutely. And I, one of the biggest pet peeves I have is the fact that people say, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. And it's like, no girl, let's switch that to, instead of saying, I can't say, I won't like say, I won't do this because when you say it like that, you kind of really call yourself out and you're just looking at the bigger picture. Like, okay, everything is figure outable. And I got that from Marie Forleo. So thank you, Marie. But it's so true. You know, anything that you really, really want in this life, you can have, it's a matter of how bad do you want it? How much, emotional, you know, grit do you have? How much like investment do you have time, energy and money? And other than that, like, I just feel like we're unstoppable if we want to be, it's just a matter of our own limiting beliefs again and saying that I can't do it. You're limiting yourself. So stop giving your power away to whatever external factors that are going on and really take charge and own it and figure it out. We are more and more in that mindset of we can do it and we can do whatever we want. And like you said, it's just time, energy, and money. And as long as you figure those things out, you can absolutely you know, do what you want to do and maybe step outside of the normal. So I want to know a little bit more about how you have grown and scaled. So from starting with spray tans, like what did your journey look like from there? How did you continue to grow and continue to, to up-level in your business? Yeah, that's a great question. One I really, really love to talk about because I feel like even having the salon here in San Diego, it is very limited to only the people here locally. So only people in San Diego can come get spray tans or lashes or teeth whitening. And when I started the business, I am very, I'm very creative. I'm very much a go-getter. I'm very much a figure outer, I guess is what you want to call it that. <laughs> and so I was trying to like kind of see what my path had been at that point. This is six months out after I started the business. Thinking about, okay, what does my 
my community, my sunless community, my industry, what does it need that we're lacking or we're missing right now? What is a problem that I could solve that is beyond what I'm doing right now? And so I started digging in and I realized that when I first started looking for spray tan training programs, there wasn't very many that were offered first and foremost. And the ones that were offered were kind of far away from me. And I lived in Southern California. And so to have things that were not available to me here in Southern California, a little bit odd. And then I started diving into, okay, what was my biggest hurdle, you know, starting a business? And it was the business aspect and the marketing aspect of it, because I tell this to everybody, you could be the best artist, the best esthetician, but if you don't know how to market yourself, you are going to have a really hard time building a solid business. So with that, I decided that I was going to create a spray tan training program that allowed me to not only you know, talk about the technique or even sell them solution. Cause at that point I didn't even have my own solution line yet, but a lot of the other trainers pushed their solution and they weren't actually business owners. They were just people who made product. And I was like, if I can go at this in a different way at a different angle and really hone in on the people that I'm serving, which are people who are looking to get into the industry, who are wanting to create businesses out of this and really serve them to the highest capacity that I could possibly, that I possibly can. That's where I feel like I'm going to have the most growth. And if I offer online trainings, I can do that even on a global level. And so that's what I did. I've created an online training program, an in-person training program that encompassed technique, also encompassed unbiased reviews on solutions out there. And then we also trained on marketing, branding, and business. And that really took off because, again, there was nothing like that out there. And it's really what we needed in our industry. When you talk about marketing and branding, what do you think it really comes down to? Are there certain elements is it like aesthetic? Is it, you know, verbiage people use on Instagram? Are there any things that kind of stand out to you that you teach? Yeah, I love that question. I am so lit up about marketing because it's such a game changer. It's such a game changer. I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, this is all about me. You know, I need to talk about my story. I need to tell them what like benefits they have and, you know, what the solution is like and all of these things. But and those are all great things, right? You don't want to be, you want to be vulnerable. You want to tell your story, but I have learned through the years of marketing that as soon as I switched from me into the minds of my clients and really took the feedback that I was getting from them, whether it was on Facebook groups or Instagram or just questions that I would get randomly, I would actually keep this information in a Google sheet and I would return back to it when I was trying to create copy for my website, or my Instagram or anything like that, or even creating YouTube uh, videos and repurposing those messages that I was getting from my ideal clients and the clients in general and making content out of it because I knew then that that's what my clients wanted to see. So I think a really smart thing is really speak, well, first off, identifying really who your ideal client is. And I know that's such like, duh, Kelly, you know, that's such a duh one, but it's like something that a lot of us miss and getting super incredibly clear on certain aspects of that client, like where they hang out, where they shop even, because we kind of want to get into their minds and the psychology of why they buy. And 
by being able to understand who that person is and really speaking their language. And when I do copy, I try to use the word you and your and really hone in on that one person as if it's a one-on-one conversation with them. So I do think it's copy. I do think aesthetically, yes, it's branding for sure. And I think that one important aspect of this is keeping everything super incredibly simple, easy to understand, easy to read. Everything from your website, your Instagram, Facebook, and everything that you put out there should be pretty much the same because then people start to get confused and they don't trust you. And that's like the biggest thing. You really want your clients to trust that you know what you're doing. That's so interesting. Tess and I were just talking about something similar to that as far as, you know, providing content and uh, like from an Instagram, YouTube podcast perspective, but providing contact uh, content and really thinking about what your audience and what the people that you interact with, what are they looking for? What are they going to benefit from? Because at the end of the day, it, it feels like you really need to step outside yourself and really mm-hmm. think about the big picture. I mean, we're all here for each other. Do you know what I mean? So I love that point. I think that's really amazing. And I think it's a really, a really good theme to kind of carry through your whole life. Yeah, because it's hard, right? I mean, we're living in our lives day after day after day. And it's really hard to step away from ourselves and really look at the picture. So I think it's something that we've been programmed to do. I mean, it's natural, it's human nature, and it makes sense. So it doesn't mean that because we're doing that, you're selfish or anything like that. It's just the way that we are. You know, we live with ourselves every day. So if we can step outside of that, and one thing that I love to think about is, you know, what is my ideal client Googling? And then taking that and creating the content based upon that. What is that for you? What do you think she's Googling or he's Googling? Yeah. So when I think about my ideal client for spray tan training, for example, it would be um, something like how to get a spray tanning certificate online or how to spray tan or what is an HBLP gun or um, where can I find online training courses, that sort of thing. What I like to do just for a tip, if you guys ever want to just go on Google and just type in something like best spray tanning tips, for example, would be one of them. And then actually see that. And you can also see some similar topics that come up before you you hit enter. And so I kind of look at that and do a little bit of research and then see, you know, what people are actually Googling, because I could be completely wrong. I'm just guessing from my own perspective that people are Googling these things, but I'd love to see the proof on Google. It helps a lot. So interesting. So, so I want to kind of rewind a little bit on your building of your spray tan business. So when you were, cause I think that, I think the girls that listen to this will really get benefit out of this, but when you were building up your spray tan business, how did you build your clientele and how did you create that solid base of repeat clients for yourself? Mm, yeah, that's such a good question. So again, I think the ability to show up every single day, even though I didn't know what I was doing. It was completely messy, (laughs) completely messy on Instagram, Facebook, and really stepping outside of my comfort zone to go to networking events and also to reach out to people who I knew had a large following that were my friends. Because at that point, I didn't even know what brand ambassadors were or anything like that. So I just reached out to my friends that I knew were super active on social media and I would have them repost. And so I was able to build a following and clientele because of that. And then when I got into a salon, I started doing Groupon. 
which we don't do anymore and we haven't done it in a long time, but it was a great way to kind of get my foot in the door, get some practice and really understand the logistics of having a client base and like what that looked like on the back end and how my merchant services worked and all of these things. So while Groupon is something that you really don't make too much money on, I definitely think it's more of a marketing expense or opportunity than anything, something that really did help me. And in order to grow that part of the business, I think that the main, main, main thing was just honestly, and this is such like, again, a death thing. It's just seriously building that rapport with your client in a way that isn't fake or it, it, like I just showed up just as me. So I would be wearing, you know, yoga pants and my little cute, you know, positively tan is what it was called back then. And, you know, really just acting as if I already knew them and being their friend first and foremost, because I think when people come in for an experience like spray tanning, it's just more fun. It's not so serious. And they want to feel good because let's be real, they're naked in front of you. Yeah, they're vulnerable. <laughs> totally. So just being their friend. And then from there, you're able to sell packages and memberships to keep them loyal. Okay. I want to talk to you about selling product. And when you get to that like point of sale after you've kind of built a relationship, do you follow like any sort of guidelines for selling product? Like if somebody's thinking it's 2020, my goal this year is to sell, you know, X amount of product. Are there certain tips you think they can implement to do that? Yeah. And because I was in sales for so long, I was really, really good at it. And it just, it's something that comes very naturally to me. I feel like I show up just as myself. And I think that's Hmm. foremost looking at the products that you're using, or I should say the products that you are selling first, you need to be able to love and believe in the products 100%. And if you don't, you need to get rid of them or learn to love them because (laughs) it's not going to feel really good to talk about a product that you're not super lit up about. Right. And this goes with services too. If you're offering a that you're not lit up about, then that's something that you need to really think about because you're not going to be able to sell the product or service. So really learning to love the product and it should come in conversation very naturally for you. And a lot of people like to do this at the very end of the service, but while I'm spray tanning, I love to chat with the clients because it gets their mind off of the fact that they're naked in front of a stranger. So <laughs> I really like to talk about, you know, what they're doing. If they're like, hey, Kelly, you know, I'm going to Hawaii. Then I try to give them a tan extender, for example. So that way they can make sure that they're nice and tan the entire time that they're in Hawaii. So things like that, you really kind of want to get into their heads again and just come from a place of wanting to serve rather than wanting to sell. I love that. And I feel like that's something as an esthetician will only benefit you like understanding the product is there to help them maintain their results. It's not so much, you know, you thinking of selling a product from a selfish perspective, but really understanding how it can benefit the skin, because that's the only way like sales feel natural and not forced, at least to me. And when we're talking about sales as an esthetician, Lauren and I talk about this frequently, but our products are such an asset to us 
they're the way clients are able to maintain their results outside of the treatment room. They obviously, you know, are not getting facials every day and you wouldn't want to get a facial every day, but you need to be using the right products at home because you can't just come in, you know, once every six to eight weeks or longer than that and expect the skin to be healthy. It's a process of what you use day in and day out that has the biggest effect long term. So just understanding the value of products and understanding you're not just, you know, like selling something, you are providing something that helps the client maintain the results they probably want outside of the treatment room. Yeah, exactly. And I think you just need to come from a place of, you know, uh, like, like Kellyanne said, a service for, for your client. You're not just trying to get a commission out of them. You're, you're, you know, trying to send them home with something that genuinely will benefit them. And if you are really focusing a lot on your commission and not so much on how the client will benefit, then maybe you need to kind of restructure and figure out, you know, just kind of reevaluate that and figure out how to come from a perspective of wanting to benefit the client. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100% with both of you guys. And also another thing I see a lot is that there's an overload of retail products that solo mm-hmm. and small businesses have. And I think that overwhelm just kind of negatively affects the way that you're showing up as an esthetician or a beautician. And it also negatively affects the way that the client is looking at everything. And that's just something that I've seen. If you can just really minimize, you know, maybe sticking to either one brand or just a couple of different types of products. So that way you can confidently get in tune with those and how to sell those and then maybe start compounding on after that. I think that would be a really great way to start. When it came to creating your product, because because I'm so interested in the whole process of product development, what was that like for you when you were, you know, going to chemists or manufacturers creating the actual, you know, ingredient list and then actually creating the bottles themselves? Like, could you walk us through what that process is like for somebody out there who maybe would like to start a business and have their own product line one day? Absolutely. Yeah. It was so incredibly funny because I actually went to a networking event a couple of years ago and I, I had a booth there for the spray tan classes and I just remember meeting so many different people, but eventually I circled back around to speaking to this woman who was a chemist and I don't even know how this happened, but I told you I'm I'm an action taker. So I was driving in my car and all of a sudden I just thought, why don't I just create a product line? What am I waiting for? People need a really dark solution. So why don't I just create that? And so I text her and I was like, Hey, can we, you know, start creating a solution that's really, really dark. And I gave her the specifics of what I wanted as far as the longevity of the tan, how the tan fades, how it smells, the bronzer color, the tan color. And I really got super incredibly specific with what exactly I wanted. And she was like, Kelly, that's genius. It's something that we need in our industry. So I'm going to send you some samples so you can take a look at and try them out and see what you know vibes with you. And it was a process because you're trying all these solutions out. You have to try it on different skin types. You have to ask all the feedback and all of these things. And it was a process, but eventually I found the perfect solution that we ended up loving. And let me tell you, it's not cheap. <laughs> mm, I'm sure. Consuming. Yeah. 
but it's so worth it because now we have artists all around the world who have fallen in love with the solution and have repeat clients because of it. And we call it a luxury solution because that's exactly what it is. It's super high quality. And the people that use it are typically people who want to be really, really dark. And I have never used another solution that's darker than what we have created. And so that's been a beautiful thing. And I think that's why a lot of our clients and the artists who use it, their clients stay very loyal to the solution and to the artist who uses it. It's harder to find than you would think. Like I just getting into sunless tanning the last few years, I try so many different mousses and products and I'm very fair skin, but it even seems like it's hard for me to find something that's dark. But just looking at your Instagram and all the different ranges of skin tones, like it really does seem like such a beautiful color. And I think when you spend the time and finally like nail down, you know, the perfect product, I think we're only spreads and people are attracted to to quality and I'm sure that stands out. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm all about quality over quantity. I think a lot of people get too stuck on the price point, but the solution that we offer, it's about $297 a gallon and that which supplies you with about 80 tans. And I think a lot of people at first because compared to other solutions, you know, other solution gallons are like 150 and, and up. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is like, do you want clients to come back to you or are you looking for just something that's inexpensive and you have those, you know, clients that maybe don't really care about the price point or the quality of the solution and maybe they'll come back, maybe they won't, but you know, we have a very targeted audience that we want to cater to. Yeah, that Wait. is like so true. Because if you, I mean, it's, I feel like it's similar in skincare when you're doing facials, you need to have a good product line that you're using. I mean, what are you going to do? Use Neutrogena on somebody in a treatment room? <laughs> might be cheaper, but it's definitely not going to like do you any favors. Totally, totally. And I'm sure you guys can can relate to this. I mean, would you rather have so many different clients and have like a, a cheaper price point or the opposite, right? Yeah, exactly. Opposite, of course. Price, price for what you want. Yeah. 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 And the type of clients that you want to come through the door because I, again, like I've dealt yeah. with the quality of right. having the group on clients and that sort of thing. That's been a little bit different. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of business owners have like warned me against Groupon, but mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think there's a time and place for it? I do. I do think that there's a time and place for it. And I think if you're going to be using Groupon, be incredibly strategic with how you use it because Again, I don't I don't know if the listeners know exactly how Groupon works, but basically if you have a hundred dollar product or service, they say that, you know, they want to give it to their audience for fifty percent off at least, which would be fifty bucks, and then you and Groupon split that. So you are making twenty-five dollars off of what normally is a hundred dollars. So if you get those clients in, one, does that make sense for you financially? And two if we can actually get these clients into memberships and packages and retail products and have them long-term without the Groupon you know, pricing and all of that stuff, then yeah, that would make sense. But from my own experience, it's very rare that you find people that are really looking to invest in themselves in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, actually, I had a lot of experience with Groupon when I first started doing facials, which was Oh my gosh, 10 years ago now. So I think Groupon was relatively new at that time and it was really popular. And so we were doing a lot of Groupons, but 
oh my God, we had the hardest time translating that into any type of regular client. It was just like a revolving door of Groupon. And to be honest, I got really turned off by it just because it was like, you know, they, you're not really making any money. They don't tip well because they're not going to come back. So, so yeah, do you, do you have a strategy for that? Or did you see much success with that as far as like turning those people into regular clients or was it more so just getting the name out there? So at first it was getting the name out there. And then once I was starting to burn out, I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I need to actually make money and be happy. And what I ended up doing was actually creating memberships or packages, I should say, that reflected the group on price. So that way, at least they were paying for three or nine spray tans at that group on price and paying 100% of that to me. Amazing idea. Yeah, that's genius. Yeah. So that was good. That worked. (laughs) (laughs) That's always good, especially when you can get creative with that and use something that maybe isn't a long-term solution, but be creative and, and make it a long-term solution in that benefits you in the best way. Totally. Totally. Because take advantage of that client being there. They already want the service. They're already sold on it. You don't have to sell them on the service itself. It's just a matter of the price point is not, you know, in alignment with what they want to pay. So let's go ahead and just turn those you know, group on clients into paying clients that are 100% paying you. And even though it's not 100% of what you normally would charge, it's better to have your books filled than not, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for start. Mm-hmm. And how many years would you say it took? Because I know you had your kind of like blogger audience built in, but how many years did it take to get your books pretty full? You know, it's such a a weird dynamic. I think it's, I think it's very interesting because when I first moved to San Diego and I got into that location at a salon, it was one of those things where it seemed to just go so quickly. Like I was pretty booked pretty much immediately because there weren't that many spray tanners here. And that was six years ago. And a lot of them didn't really know how to do online marketing and that sort of thing. And so that's where I took off because I was on Instagram and doing all the things and blogging. And, you know, I was honestly up all the time trying to figure this thing out because I like to figure out puzzles apparently. So that's what I was doing. And uh, so it was pretty quick. I would say within a year, I had stopped working at Uber and Lyft. I had Mm -hmm. creating my training program. So that was taking off. And then now it's kind of funny because I have so many different things going on. And what I've realized is that for those people who are solopreneurs or people who are looking to get outside of the salon and have employees or have people take over, it is a transition that a lot of the time you're going to see, at least in the beginning, a little bit of fallback from your clients because they love you for you. And when you go into that transition of hiring people and stepping out of the salon, it's really difficult to keep 100% of your clients. So I started seeing people fade off and then it actually went down a little bit after I left and we built that back up, thankfully, but it's definitely something that you know you want to be mindful of if you ever choose to get out of the salon. Were there any moments you felt like were really discouraging and you weren't sure if you made the right choice or were you always, you know, just so focused that it didn't matter? You know, I have been really positive up until the point that I actually hired people to work in the salon and fully stepped out of the salon. So that was probably the moment where I realized, you know, I don't want to do this full time. 
I want to pop in from here, you know, time to time, but mm-hmm. I really focus on the spray tan training, the online training and yeah. these live events, because that's where my heart was pulled. And it was really hard to see my books go from like almost a hundred percent to literally probably half. And that was very discouraging for me, but I realized like, okay, this is just a temporary thing. And let's just dive into sales with the girls and, and customer service and dive into really getting them into the mode of their, the business owner now and trying to get them in that mindset because a lot of people are just wanting the, the paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so they don't show yeah. up a hundred percent. And so I had to really choose very, very mindfully who was going to be in the salon and how to, yeah. how they were going to be there. So yeah. That would be when you talk about customer service, are there certain things you tell your your girls or things that you look for when you're hiring? Yes, I am all about the high vibe energy. So <laughs> anyone who is very, very nice, very sweet, but also has like a little bit of spunk to them. I love those types of personalities. I think that that kind of jives with who and what we do. You know, Slay Beauty Bar is very much a brand that is fun and upbeat and sexy and it's girly and I want it to be girl power, girl empowerment and that sort of thing. And we really, you know, cater to women. That's who we serve. And so a couple of different tips that I tell them to do um one and this is such again a duh thing, but a lot of people don't do this. Call them or greet them by name. So yes. When I first started out, I remember I was showing somebody products after the service and mm-hmm. I referred to them as dear mm-hmm. and my boss pulled me aside after and gave me like a polite little lecture on why you call them by name. It's just, you know, it's respectful and it makes people feel important and what makes you feel it's almost, Yeah, it's almost like a little condescending when somebody's giving you a pet name and, right. you know, so it's just, I think, yeah, that's I great. To, yeah, I used to work with a girl that called me hun all the time. <laughs> yeah. It drove me a little nuts, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I know, I, I totally get that. I totally get yeah. that. It's definitely difficult, but... I would, yeah, I would say for sure, 1000% always remember their name. And this is another great tip is to look at the client information before they get in. So for example, if I have a client at four, I'm going to spend like the, the 10 minutes beforehand, like looking at what services they got, what products they purchased, when they last came, what, you know, if there's any notes on their account, that sort of thing, because sometimes we even write notes about what we spoke about, just to kind of reiterate that when they come in. So that way they're like, wow, this person actually remembers me because everybody wants to feel special and they want to feel seen and heard. And so if we can do that for every single client, that has been like the game changer for us and our customer service. Lauren and I talk about that a lot, just the importance of notes and anything you can write down for yourself. So when you go receive them from the lobby, you you know what they look like. You might remember a vacation they went on. It's those personal things. I even just went to my chiropractor and she asked me, how did your dad like his Christmas present? And I couldn't even remember. I was, I was just, I couldn't remember telling her that I got him a teapot, but it was so sweet <laughs> that she remembered that. Yeah. And it was just, it gave you a moment of pause and you're you're flattered that somebody, you know, listened and paid attention to you. 
totally. Do you girls do this? Do you guys? Okay. So I don't know if this is just a, a crazy thing that I do, but I remember faces very well. I don't, I'm not very good with names, but I will remember a conversation that I had with somebody from like a year ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm pretty good with faces, but I don't know if I'd remember a conversation from that long ago. <laughs> randomness. I don't know why. I'm like, why do I choose or why does my brain choose to remember that this yeah. lady was still with her, you know, baby daddy or whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh, how funny. It comes down to a feeling that somebody gives you that stands yeah. out, you know, whether it made you laugh or it was endearing or, you know, it just, it's something that taps into your emotions and that's, maybe that's why you remember. Yeah, totally. And yeah. It, that's it's just kind of a weird thing because I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday <laughs> something like that. So um, I think, you know, having that those conversations with them, which is, again, another reason why it was really hard for me to step out because I made those connections with my clients. Oh, yeah. I, really, I was so grateful and I am still so grateful. Yeah. They come and they choose to work with me. But you moved on to something where, you know, you're serving people on just a larger scale and you're able to reach more people. So you made that sacrifice, but now you're doing something incredible that inspires a lot of women and men. What has your experience with Wake Up to Level Up been like? Are you so happy you made the transition? How does it compare to life in the salon? Yeah. So Wake Up to Level Up is basically my podcast and the live event that we have every year. And, you know, I feel like I was always meant to do that. And what that is, it's a business and mindset growth event where we have 150 plus women from all around the world join us for two and a half days in San Diego and really hone in on like who we are, how powerful we are and understanding the mindset and how to cultivate that mindset today so that way we can live a better life going forward. And in addition to that, also talking talking about the marketing and the business aspects of it, because I think all too often we focus way too much on the technicality of the service that we're offering and like how good we are on that. But if mm-hmm. that marketing piece is missing, like it's just doing us such a disservice as a beautician because we could be so much better and serve so many more clients if we were really solid in the marketing piece. So I think for me, this is exactly what I was meant to do on this earth. And actually it's long story short, that whole wake up to level up, um, everything actually came from a very traumatic event that happened to me in 2018, where I was literally just like depressed and just going through a lot of horrible, horrible things with, you know, my ex-husband and learning about Mm -hmm. addiction and how he had multiple kids that he didn't tell me about. And it was insane. It was a lot wow. of, goodness. yeah. So it was six months of literally just drinking myself <sighs> and it was horrible, you know? And so finally yeah. after like six months, I was like, okay, girl, you need to pick yourself up because like, although yeah. you know, you're separated from this person, like you're okay by yourself. And so it was through a very like spiritual experience that I had that I was like, okay, I need, and like, the words wake up to level up came to me in a meditation. Actually, I just started acting on it and I started the podcast and I realized like how much healing we all need to do as a collective, but also I can integrate that into 
beauty business professionals and like what they do in their lives because we're serving so many people on a day to day. We're taking all that energy, and a lot of the times we're depleted and not taking care of ourselves, our mind, body, and soul, and spirit, and all of that. So it's something that I really wanted to give to my beauty business professionals because that's really who I connect with most. That's so you are speaking our language. We're all about the self-care and yeah. you know you I really want to come are. to this event it sounds amazing I do <laughs> we'd love to come yeah yes you guys are so invited I'm giving you guys both a ticket yes oh my oh. gosh oh count on us I don't know when it is but I'm coming yeah, yeah. girls weekend yes it's so fun oh my gosh such high vibe energy people are dancing <gasps> it's all fun it's so good those are our people Aww. Yes, mine too. That's why I created it. I was like, I need you guys in my life. Energy. So you guys are. We are kindred spirits. I'm so glad. I know. Chat. That's so beautiful. That something so amazing and positive and just like such a cool community came out of something that was a really dark time for you. That you really, I mean, did a complete 180 with it and and just did something amazing not only for yourself but for for everybody else. I'm I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, it was seriously the hardest thing that I've ever been through. But I still see my ex from time to time because he still lives in San Diego. And I just honestly, I'm, I have no hard feelings towards him at all because I have so much compassion and, and love for him. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that and you had to hurt me because you were hurt. And just really taking that into consideration, but also knowing that that experience is what seriously catapulted me into where I'm at right now. So forever am I grateful for that human and that entire experience. It was amazing and like horrible all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, that's next level. That's how, you know, you've really spiritually like awakened is, is when Mm -hmm. you can have that type of feeling towards somebody who brought, you know, a lot of darkness into your life. Like that's my mom always tells me that she's, I feel like my mom is my guru in life because she's mm-hmm. very, very, very up-leveled as far as her spirituality goes. And so I try to follow her and that's exactly what she would tell me to do um, mm-hmm. and try to find that. So I, I think that's beautiful. Like total congrats to you because that's such a great place to be in. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's just all about trying to understand like, you know, we're all dealing with shit. We all have yeah. things that we've done and gone through and, you know, a lot of the times, like they're unspoken words that we just don't know what other people have gone through. So if I can just send them light love and be compassionate in that sense, like that's all I can do. And I don't want to hold that anger because that just doesn't do anything for anybody. And if anything, it just really hurts me. So I don't deserve that. I'd rather just let that go and allow myself to love. And sometimes that, I mean, it's definitely a process and it's not something I ever used to do. I used to be very vengeful and not a nice human at times, but I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've learned a lot. I've learned a yeah. lot. So yeah. I feel like as women, especially, we we need that encouragement because I don't know why we do this, but there's just this culture. So many of my female friends I talk to, whether it's relationships or going for a new job promotion, there's so much self-doubt and just not thinking we're capable. And exactly like you said, these limiting beliefs, I can certainly be that way where I just, I think things are, things would, certain things would be amazing, but for somebody else and that I don't deserve, you know, that incredible relationship or that dream job. So I, I'm so excited to get to know what you do more and, I I think that's so incredible that you're passing on that message because there's such a need for it. 
Absolutely. And all of the girls, including you guys that come to the Wake Up to Level Up event will definitely be going through a lot of exercises to kind of unravel and basically just peel back the layers to really understanding like the root of the issue. Like, why can't we live all out? Why can't we be our best? And I think that a lot of that has to do with like inner work and understanding because once we're aware of what it is, we can make the changes that we need. It's amazing. So exciting. Yeah. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Maybe we could just ask you if there's anything, Kelly, that would be a key takeaway you'd want the audience to hear. Does anything come to mind? So I have a couple of different hashtags or sayings this year. Um, okay. That to you guys. One of them is ditch the excuses. Stop like stop saying that you cannot do something and just say that you will not because it's going to empower you. Actually. You're going to be like, okay, I can't, I can't do this, but let me just turn that into, I will not do this and see how fast we make change because I, for the strong women out there, the, for the people who are actually like really wanting something, like you'll realize real quick how much that's going to change the action that comes after you saying, I will not do this. And so like that for me is the gym. I'm not going to say I can't go to the gym. I mean, that's not, mm. it's like, I will not go to the gym. Okay. I'm getting my butt to the gym because <laughs> made up story. Right. And I would say, honestly, just live all out. And that is just a thing that I'm forever going to say. And I hope it's like on my tombstone because that is how I want to be perceived. That's how I want to really be. That's how I want to show up in my life all the time, 24 seven, live all out. And that doesn't necessarily even mean going a hundred miles per hour every single day, because my best moments, especially right now are laying in bed with my boyfriend, my dogs and chilling and like really, really embracing those moments where it's like, you know, especially after my, my divorce, really understanding like nothing is guaranteed in this life. And the person that you love so incredibly so much that person can leave you, you can leave that person, something can happen and really understanding that like nothing is guaranteed. So by me saying that and me understanding that I was able to fully live in my authenticity and really live all out. And that means traveling and really enjoying the things that I want to do without having the fear stuck to whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish in my life to be able to do that. Oh, that's amazing. I'm in the same boat trying to enjoy the present moment. And yeah, I love what you said about just knowing nothing is promised. We have to, you know, really, really appreciate it and enjoy it. So your boyfriend is a lucky guy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Sadie. This is really fun. I can't wait to hug you guys at the Wake Up to Level Up event. It's going to be really, really good. Oh my my gosh. gosh, It sounds amazing. Kelly, thank you so much for talking with us. This was amazing. I would love to have you on again if you're ever free in the future because this was just so amazing. So thank you so much. Absolutely, ladies. Thank you guys so much. And thanks to everybody who's listening. Um, If you guys want to catch up with me, I'm at Instagram at I am underscore Kelly Ann. Perfect. And do you have a website or anything that they could reach you at too if they were more interested in business services? Um, yeah, so kellyannecallahan.com. My name is kind of spelled a little funky. So if you guys want to catch me on IG or you guys can also go to the Wake Up to Level Up podcast. I'm there every single week. Perfect. Perfect. We'll put all of that in the show notes too so everybody yes. can find you. Awesome. Well, cool. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Mm-hmm.